0: Hey everybody, just want to let you know till the end of the mini series I'm going to start releasing two episodes weekly, one uh, at the normal time slot at uh Tuesday morning and then the second Friday morning. This thing's taken a little bit longer than I thought, but uh I think that's a good thing. So uh that being said, I want to get more out to you uh as quickly as I can. Uh with that, um I would love to hear some feedback. So if you have been enjoying the miniseries Stoic Forge so far, please leave me a review, comment, uh, rating on iTunes just to uh, let me know what you think. Um, Or not. (laughs) Please just continue to, to listen and enjoy pages 39 through 41 of Stoic Forge. Flying Sign with Joe Clady, this is Stoic Forge. The McDonald's drive through was just as busy as it was when I went to bed, but I guess that made sense. It was the morning rush, everyone in line to get their McMuffins and McGriddles and iced coffees. And then I <laughs> didn't have anything to get. So uh, I wanted to give Santa Fe another try. I made my way to this area, this rail yard area, uh, and parked the van there for the day and took the bike out just to try my luck, see see what could happen. And I quickly found out that New Mexico had a very strict no busking policy, uh, meaning, um, one who busks is a, uh, performer on the street, someone who's pain handling, um, not allowed to do that. You have to have a busking license, um, which I did not. And of course to apply for such a permit would cost money. And that I did not have as well. So, um, and they were very strict about it. I was told to put my guitar up uh, a bunch of times. uh, So it was very terrifying and disheartening uh, knowing that the only way that I had really been making money uh, in random spots so far uh, was uh, not going to work out through the land of enchantment, um, so I was scared, uh, but I wanted to at least give Santa Fe another try. So riding around, I came across I came across this plaza uh, pavilion area uh, where a bunch of people who looked like me, scummy, dirty, uh, riding bikes, were just kind of hanging out, uh, and there was this group of people, this really loud girl who was kind of in the center just demanding everyone's attention who really needed a a shower, Uh, but again, so do I, so I shouldn't be able to talk shit. She was talking about uh, people or someone not babysitting her kids when she was getting ready to go out and score, which I'm assuming she was referencing some sort of drug you know, that is a little more than pot, and I just kind of kept to myself. I wanted to speak to him to just see what would happen, see if something would just um, um, come my way, uh, some sort of experience that would lead to something else, but but I didn't. I was, after the whole uh, being shut down by law enforcement about the busking thing, it was nervous to to open open really any door with anyone uh so like i've been doing lately i just decided to pack my things and go uh albuquerque was next and i that 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 fuck it attitude uh came up again and it seemed to be my attitude a lot lately uh but i just i I didn't care, and like I said last time, I didn't have to answer to anyone, but I was, I was starting to have this connection to the road, or at least just being in the van, uh, this this sort of safety net, uh, uh, it was my cave, it was my my, my hiding spot, um, my palace that I could uh, that I commanded. It was my ship that I was able to traverse space and time uh, and make my own. And through the past month, it was hard to get to that point, obviously. I mean, if you've been listening, it's feeling at home and safe in that thing has not been easy. Uh, But I... I quickly real or just quickly recognize that that's where I felt the safest. If I could get away from any sort of awkward social interaction uh, or any scary thought or um, any homesickness I might be feeling that was all absolved by the van and the presence of it Um, or at least me commanding it and 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 being the captain uh of this big rusty white van traveling down the road and bringing the horizon to me uh and it was magical so albuquerque was next and i quickly got there uh after being bombarded with billboards and manipulated by advertisements i finally finally made it there and uh it was a college town uh for the University of New Mexico. So I went and uh, hoping to try my luck of uh going shop to shop hoping to find some work. And I uh I tried that. Um uh, and similar to the Hannibal situation on the first day door shut my face uh, you know put polite nose uh the occasional now oh, we've tried that before and been burned sorry man and i was hungry and i was hoping someone would see it on my face that that i needed i needed something i was tapped uh to the point where I was walking through, just uh, kind of off-campus living, just some just some older homes that were rented out, and kids partying on their their porches and their bungalows. And I mean, I've been there. I was <laughs> six months before I was doing the same thing, uh, looking at the the townie bums picking through the trash for cans or food, and I found this pizza box just on the ground. And in front of a house full of coeds, I flipped it open, hoping that there would be something in there. And they saw me do it, and they—they they didn't laugh out loud, but they did the the side snicker, like, "Oh God, look at this guy." And I just—I I glanced at him, saw that look, and just—I just felt so embarrassed like a, a, a real true shame uh and felt like an animal for the for the first time in my life like people say you know you you know i'm that that man's an animal for like their behavior but like i truly felt like a scavenging um, uh, rodent just just a rat that was trying to live off the scraps of others and i didn't like that feeling um especially seeing it, people my age uh, who were judging me, and they didn't even know me at all. Especially, I mean, it, and they they didn't know that I was in their situation uh, and could have been still in that situation had I not dropped out suddenly and, and kept it a secret from everyone. I could have been on someone's porch, probably my own in Bloomington at Indiana University, having beers, watching homeless people walking by, snickering at them. And, uh, yeah, just been able to do what I wanted, uh, just like they were able to do and pass judgment without knowing who I was and what I was doing and what I came from. And that, that that taught me a a true lesson that day is that the the homeless that you see uh, th- they're not always this in this perpetual uh, state of distress and poverty. It hasn't always been that way for them. Maybe for some it has. And they've just lived that way and will always live that way. But I think for most, it's just something that has happened. And then you get in this groove and it's hard to scratch out. And compassion is crucial. Uh, And honestly, communication is crucial too. We see the signs that say... Why lie? It's for beer. And that used to be clever uh, and ironic and truthful. Uh, and now it's just a, a cliché bit that everyone seems to do. Maybe say something. Like, is it is it really the beer? Or did something else happen? I don't know. It's easier said than done. But I wish someone would have asked me, Hey man, are you hungry? Just come in here, you know. We we got some some subs, a sub tray, or you know some shitty college pizza. Come on in, grab a Keystone Ice, whatever. But no one did, and I don't blame them. Honestly, it's it's uh it's fun to be uh, the 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 affluent. And the wealthy, especially when you're so young, and then to see a glimpse into the peasant life to remind you of your wealth, just for a moment to think that you really are a king and that you'll live in this youth like state forever. Uh, it's a good it's a good feeling. I know it is. I've been there. A lot of people have at some point, and everyone wants to feel like a king. And usually, the only way you're going to feel like a king is when you see someone else who's a peasant. And that's what happened. So as I'm wandering the streets of the University of New Mexico, I come across this. Uh, that the place was palmistry, and tarot reading, addressing physical and spiritual well-being. And I walked into this place almost magnetically. It was just, why not? Let me just see who's in here. I have nothing else better to do. But something pulled me into this weird... (laughs) You know psychic reading shop, cute little house, uh just kind of off the main restaurant drag uh, and I see this little woman, old woman in her late sixties, uh greet me. She said her name was Mendy Lou, and I get to talking. To her, and she asked me to sit down in these beautiful velvet um, antique chairs, filled in a, or in a room filled with stones and kind of crystally looking things, but not to the point where it's like a head shop, tacky, reeks of uh, uh, patchouli, or, you know, patchouli or whatever. It was just just a classy place, but with the uh obvious uh, signs and 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 uh, decorations of what you would expect in a in a psychic reading. So we sit down and with a calming way about her, she simply says, "So you're traveling." And being the young, naive boy that I was. I com- completely bought it hook, line and sinker. Just, you, you know, this is real. This is she, she knows, but I think anybody could have looked at me and been like, okay, bro, you're, you're clearly on the road or wandering, uh, at least whether across the country or down the street. So traveler is, uh, uh, a pretty subjective word. Um, but then she gets to telling me that she specified immediately that she was not a fortune teller, but a spiritual advisor. Um, so we began and she spoke very, um, quietly and calmly ending each breath with, or each sentence with a very, very faded breath, uh, like, like it it was trailing off. Um, like she was almost hoping that I would fill in the gap or, or um, that you should really listen in at that moment to the, to the end of each sentence, to almost where it's the most important part. So she says it more lightly as to add the dramatic effect. Um, and her eyes were so bright blue and nearly gray that I just kept getting lost into them and which was which was a problem because she charged 75 cents a minute and I knew this and I was really only planning to speak up up 5 minutes with her just to hear what she had to say but I as conversation went on, I lost all track of time. Uh, the conversation was so long and flowing that even in my journal, I, I, I couldn't get it all remembered. Uh, but she kept mentioning divine intent and all, and how we all have a destiny. And we can recognize that destiny only if we cease to be. Let go of ourselves and simply let the gods of fate unfold a path. And, and you have no choice. And you just follow that path. She mentioned my struggles and how I am a nomad. Her words. And I I I found that to be uh a little pandering. I I thought it was more more than that. Uh a nomad is just someone traveling to to find well, you know what, now that I say it. I guess that is what it was. Someone just f- following or, or searching for another resource. That's what nomadic tribes were. Once something uh, was gone, in terms of a resource, they searched for something new. I was ta- <clears throat> tapped on hope, and I was searching for hope or an exit. Uh, and she said that what I am planning, or that she said that what you are planning is painful and will cause you pain until it's done. That I had nothing to prove to anyone but myself. And that through proving to myself everyone else will understand and I didn't know what that meant because there was nothing to prove because it didn't matter what anyone else thought or what what they even needed to know there there was nothing there for them um, at the time at least in in my mind I didn't think uh, my friends and family had anything to do with this or what uh, what their, their impact would be on this destiny that I thought was already made for me. She said that we're all connected and everything is made of the same thing. And she kept mentioning that divine intent that she then started to refer to as the Beloved and just spoke so lovingly and uh, almost like she was remembering an old friend. She mentioned that she had been hired many times by the Albuquerque Police Department to help with um, to help with murders and and crimes and you know, I I don't know if there's any truth to that or not. that's what she said, but she told me when she first realized she had uh and she didn't say a gift, she just said the uh how she was able to recognize it was when she was a child, and she, when she first met the Beloved. And what she saw was just a, an, an endless sky, an endless uh, universe of rolling stars, flashing stars, That welcomed her. And was excited to be there with her and see her. And she felt at peace. And uh, uh, as if she was meeting a new friend that she had known all of her life. And that had never left her. And it... It immediately reminded me of an experience that i had a few months prior um uh, with uh a psychedelic experience with uh DMT which is uh, stands for dimethyltryptamine um now this was early 2011 so this was before uh it was uh a popular like it is now due to joe rogan and and you know any of the others that have uh brought it to the mainstream thankfully i think it's important that it is but there was um uh, no mainstream knowledge at least that that we didn't know and it was a very religious experience and i i i think it's important to talk about um So, this was April of my spiraling uh, at IU when I had lied to everyone. Everyone uh, assumed that I was coming back that that next semester when when I knew I wasn't. It was before the van, before the plan. But uh, I knew I wasn't coming back. And I knew I wanted to die. So... uh, a few of us in Bloomington, I think there was six of us. Uh, one of the guys had gotten a hold of, um, enough of this DMT and we promised each other that we wouldn't talk about our experience. Wouldn't do any research about our experience until everyone had done it just to, uh, Uh, eliminate any preconceived notions that you might uh, think you have going into it. You don't want to expect something that you don't have. Just a clean slate. What you get is what you get. And so we were all in the basement of one of the guys uh, who was kind of the sensei of the journey. Uh, And there were six of us in the basement and we all took turns. And so, what you did was you took the bong <laughs> and uh, you smoke it, uh, but not just as it is. You take a little bit of weed ash, a little bit of this white powder DMT, a little bit of weed, a little bit of DMT, a little bit of weed, a little bit of DMT. And then, with your two spotters, you're hands free. You're just sitting in the recliner. So I'm sitting there. It was my turn. A couple of the guys had done it already. And you, or one one of the spotters, uh, goes to light it. Now, you don't hold the lighter directly to it, or that would completely destroy the DMT. It's a very uh, low melting point to where it would just destroy it immediately. So you have to hold it back a few inches. And so you're just... Just going at it, going at it, going at it. And then all of a sudden, it just fills with white smoke. And then you take it. Now, for those who are uh, experienced in the world of uh, smoking, (laughs) you know once you see that uh, thick white, you know you're going to be coughing. And I thought I was, and I hate that more than anything. But as soon as I blew it out, there was no cough. There was just a uh, a warming in me that uh, it just alleviated any cough that was about to come. But that wasn't it. You had to clear the whole thing. And so I repeated that two more times... It has that siren slowly winding up. I can feel and see the black sneaking in from my peripherals. And then someone grabs the recliner lever. My feet go up and my head goes back. And as soon as I hit it, I just burst into this infinite space to where i'm projected at an unknown speed passing through the lights that mendy described and what i saw was rolling symmetrical waves of of a shadowy mass above me below me on the sides just just moving in sync together, and I'm—I see myself not—not not as my my person, but I just know that it's my—I uh, hate to say soul, but my 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 soul self blasting through the center of it, traveling across what I can only describe as the lights that you see uh, in movie theaters to walk up and down the aisle. Just the, just this aisle lit by these small little lights that paled in comparison to what was uh, swaying back and forth uh, in all directions around me. And it was so immense and so heavy um uh, but so welcoming that it was but it was a an anxious feeling like something was about to happen. I was traveling down this route to something, and then I came out of it um and and that was that each of the the guys took their turn and we were all silent very respectful uh, of what the other was experiencing and it was interesting to watch because everyone had a different way of, of feeling it some were just smiling uh, others seemed kind of scared at times some even looked like they were coming it was a very str- It was all very strange. Uh, and then we had enough to try it again. And still we hadn't spoken about it yet. So again, it was my turn. The same setup, the same spotter deal. Um, and boom, I was back in it. So I essentially just pick up where I left off. And... I could even recall feeling like, okay, so this is just what this looks like. But as soon as I recognized where I was again and felt that anxious feeling that I felt the first time of something about to happen, it explodes into this next scene, this next part of it. And I know that I'm somewhere else it was almost like I was in a wine bottle traveling down the neck and that's where where I was traveling I was going through this portal into this world and I get there and I see these people just um, I describe them as two dimensional figures in a three dimensional world So the way I describe it is if you take two pieces of paper and you hold them apart from each other, every time they would turn to look the other way, they would disappear for a second and then they would turn back towards me and they looked at me and all of a sudden they swarmed me in this massive love. Like they all wanted to, uh, see me and, and, and hug me and pat me on the back and, and welcome me. And I just hear this roar of, of uh, like a parade type music and, and everyone was so glad. And they were. Uh, I was able to see them take me through this town and, and as they were pretty much carrying me, uh, playing music and, 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 and cheering and shouting and, and just saying how happy they were that I was there and finally got to see them. Uh, It was like the pages were flipping. Every step I took, it was like a page was going continuously. Uh, And it was so joyous and so magical. And then it got to the end and the music got quiet and then it stopped. And I'm laughing, laughing, and all of a sudden I don't see them around me. And I look back behind me. And there they are, just staring at me, sad. And the next thing I know, they're getting smaller beneath me, and I'm floating away from them above in what I just have described as a hot air balloon-type situation, just for as slow as a rise uh, that it was. And they just hummed quietly um, in a very sad way, like they were going to miss me. and that was it and I came out of it uh, sad uh, and confused as to who they were and 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 why they were so happy and then the... Logical part of me started to sink in, and was it all just in my head? Was it all just, just a trip? Uh, we all started to share our experiences after that, and it was uh, unsettling what everyone else had said and seen. Uh, one described his experience as a, uh, as a film reel. Looking back on parts of his life, as this uh, little cat man held a, a, like a platter that that seemed to to flip like the film reel uh, and show him parts of his life—good memories, bad memories—very uh, very similar things to where there were these smaller uh, cat-like, elvish, kind of uh, beings. And a very uh, flip book type, whether it's a f- you know, film reel in, in one's uh, experience, a uh, uh, a book like uh, t- two-dimensional figure kind of deal. For mine, um, it was all eerily, or <laughs> it it was so similar uh, that it was almost frightening. No one has uh, trips like that for for any other uh, experimental thing you might do to where it's that similar for what you see universally. And the more we did research, the more unsettling it became to know that there were forums and uh, uh, pages and pages on the Internet of people uh, um, recounting their experience and... And having very similar interactions with these crystal people, blue people, uh, angels, as some would say, uh, dancing lights, maybe like in, in Mendy's. There's something to that, I think. Um, dimethyltryptamine is what is released in your brain. When you dream and when you die, uh, found in plants and animals across the world, uh, and it's uh, it's it's a weird uh, weird thing, and I wonder if she had maybe tapped into that part of her brain as a child, to where maybe something happened to where she was able to experience that while being uh, conscious like we were we were awake, um, dreaming while we were awake, and that was the outcome. there's a lot to that um the the other side and i I remember the love, and I remember the um uh, overwhelming. Uh, cheerfulness and acceptance that they had for me uh, in a time where I couldn't accept myself and I didn't want to go on. They were my beloved. Uh, But it wasn't enough. And there was a, a, a time later where I thought, maybe if it was all over then I would see them again in a perpetual or in an in a, in a eternal state of this joy it's dangerous to feel that way I'm not saying it's dangerous to do what we did but it's dangerous to have a false sense of what is real and what is not. But at the same time, who's to say what is real and what is not? Maybe we're tapping into something that is all around us all the time. Maybe that's what God is. Those angels, those blue cats, those crystal elves. Who's to say that hasn't been what everyone's been seeing. You don't have to smoke something to see this stuff. You can see it when you dream. And people have been dreaming for millennium. So I couldn't help thinking of that. Uh, when she kept referring to her beloved. So before I knew it, uh, two hours had passed, and I almost shit my pants. Uh, I knew I couldn't pay her, and I, comp- I contemplated just running out the door. But she looked at me as I was looking at the clock, and she said, please don't worry about it. She's like, I knew you weren't going to be able to pay from the beginning and I thanked her and I said what you have taught me is what I needed to hear in this moment the 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 fear and the the uh, uncertainty of how I was going to make it through this state uh, both mental and physical I guess uh was was reaffirmed by her interaction with the Beloved and helped me remember my interaction with the Beloved. So I left her, and I left Albuquerque with a broken spirit and, I guess, an incorrect ambition it was uh, uh unclear, murky, and dangerous. The uh, perception of of reality was starting to fade and was starting to cross that line again into what would happen once it was all over. What would I see? Who would I see? What would I feel? Is there anything to feel? And on the way out, this sunset just captivated me to where I just chased it down the road and and fought for it. And, but like all sunsets, they they beat you, and it beat me. And led me to this uh, this other McDonald's in Sky City, New Mexico, as I watched a worker who took his job way too seriously, uh making sure all the the paper ketchup cups were were stacked evenly and uh got on me about spilling my coffee uh, it just it almost bothered me how uh intense he was being. But then I thought about what Mendy said about that judging creates barriers. And so I tried to reverse my thoughts and just remember the beloved. And so as I laid in the van again that night, it began to rain again hard in New Mexico. And I lay there after just having my memory jogged of my experience with my beloved and began to wonder what they were trying to say to me. Were they trying to let me know how much they loved me? Were they trying to have me find them? Or at least let them know where I was? or let them know where they were uh, so that I could find them in hopes of making that new place my permanent residence or were they just trying to remind me that I was safe in the universe I don't know but I was terrified after talking with Mendy, that I was starting to fade and not be able to recognize the difference between what I thought they wanted and what I knew I wanted. I'll see you next time. So